Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we've been interviewing guests from around the world about a whole bunch of topics to do with being a digital nomad. Everything from uh, how to plan, how to uh, change from being uh, uh, maybe an employee to an entrepreneur to switching to working online. Um, we also have been covering topics to do with uh, digital nomadism, some things like uh, working remotely, travel hacking. Uh, we also have uh, we started doing a little bit more destination-focused ones. Uh, we did a great one on Peru and uh, visiting Machu Picchu. We did an, another amazing one about Colombia with Herman. Um, so we're always looking for more people to interview. Uh, so if you have a unique story to tell uh, regarding travel, being a digital nomad, definitely reach out to me. Um, you can uh, find us uh, on uh, digitalnomadmastery.com is our website, or connect with us on any of our social media. Uh, our social media, once again, is um, Facebook, uh, Digital, uh, Digital Nomad Mastery, and if you look up the hashtag, we're pretty much all over the internet. Uh, we also are on both YouTube and iTunes. So on iTunes, you can find us at Digital Nomad Mastery and subscribe to us and leave us a rating and review. And also, we're on YouTube, um, so you can either watch this or listen to this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can uh, uh, check it out at Digital Nomad Mastery. Subscribe to us. Uh, you know, that really helps us to get the awareness about the podcast, the video cast. We've done already over 60 interviews, and we're aiming for 100 plus in the next uh, few weeks. We're actually going pretty strong, interviewing two to three uh, guests per day, uh, just because we're so passionate about the topic of digital nomadism. Um, and on a personal note, I uh, do private coaching on how to be a digital nomad. I also do a small group training. We have a mastermind. Um, uh, we also have a few Udemy courses. So if you're interested in more educational elements, um, check out all those resources. Plus, um, you know, you're one of the first to hear. We actually have a huge summit coming up this fall in November called Digital Nomad Mastery. Uh, so stay tuned. Follow that on digitalnomadmastery.com. Uh, that will uh, give you much, 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 much more, much more info. So uh, I definitely want to get into the the meat of this interview. Uh, we have a special guest today. His name is Matt McLean, and he's actually in Victoria. British Columbia, Canada, which is just across the water from my neck of the woods, <laughs> which is Vancouver, BC, Canada. And we've actually met in person uh, when I was speaking at Points U. Um, so Points U is a conference they hold both in Vancouver and in Toronto, and is basically bringing um, the travel blogging, the travel hacking community together. Um, and I was able to speak about how travel blogging is a form of travel hacking, because as travel bloggers, we can get free hotel stays, we can get sightseeing covered, we can get uh, transported, even food. Um, and isn't that amazing type of travel hacking? So on this interview, we have the, um, the corresponding travel hacking, uh, which most people know travel hacking as, which is getting um, uh, flights and hotels either free or discounted through uh, points and miles. Um, so um, Matt's going to share about um, how he does that and how he helps other people do that as well. So Matt, um, uh, why don't you share a little bit about your background and what made you get so passionate about travel hacking? Okay, um, thanks for having me, Ricky. Um, so I started uh, when I was finished university, uh, kind of ready to go and have a gap year and explore a little bit and. Um, did the backpacking thing through Canada, um, went and tried to find some really interesting jobs and, and, and uh, made my way through that. I was working on a cruise ship and working at summer camps, teaching water skiing and doing lots of fun stuff that young people should do when they have the opportunity. Um, 
and it was really, really kind of shoelace, shoestring sort of uh, stuff, just kind of paying for buses and all sorts of stuff. And then um, got to the point where you kind of start wanting to taper your career a little bit better. <clears throat> and you don't have all, all that much time. You're saving the whole um, you're saving the whole year for for uh, to go on an adventure somewhere. And then also finding a partner. I met my girlfriend and we started traveling together. And so things become a little bit more uh, you can't necessarily go and stay in a hostel or, or take the bus. Um, so, yeah, I started to kind of wisen up. I, I, li I live in Canada, but my family lives in Australia. And so um, used to spend two thousand, three thousand dollars um, going home every year <clears throat> uh, just to see my family. And and so I kind of heard about this credit card thing, but always thought it was a scam. You know, I'm, I was the biggest skeptic. Was just like, yeah, 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 sure. What are you trying to hustle and sell me, or or what, what's it going to do to my credit score, or what's it going to, how's it going to ruin me? And and then um, yeah, I just kind of was sick of paying two thousand dollars. Heard about this course that was run by Chris Gillibo. Um, it was, uh, called How making your dream trip a reality. Uh, it was from a, a website called creative live and it was just kind of stepping through the, the steps. And I, I decided to see, yeah, whatever, I'll go and check it out and see what happens. I was like the, the class skeptic was just kind of like, yeah, sure. Whatever. You're just, you're a, a shakester or whatever. But Chris and, uh, Chris Gillibo and Stephanie Zito around the course, super, super nice people. Awesome inspiration for digital nomads. If you, uh, if you haven't heard of them before. <clears throat> Um, and yeah, they just kind of handheld me through the whole process and, and I really started to get to, to trust the system and, and understand where the opportunities were and got to realize that I could fly home for $200 instead of 2000. And, and that was a game changer for me to be able to go, um, <clears throat> see my family, take my girlfriend, maybe even take uh, like uh, my in-laws, maybe some other family members, just really start to scale it up. And, and not only that, try to go travel internationally two to three times a year. So it really started to fund the most expensive part of travel for us, which was flying. Um, and it ended up changing my whole outlook on how to travel philosophy on saving financial, uh, like aptitude, just knowing where, where, how to, how to manage my finances. And yeah, it changed everything for me. I can now go home all the time and, and I can, uh, we, we try to go, try to go to three international destinations a year, uh, with the two of us and then try to take the family on at least one of them. So changed a lot for me awesome and you know you have a unique story in that in the sense you were actually a digital nomad uh, working for chris globo's company and for those of you who don't know he's a world famous author and he's one of the first uh, and only people to actually visit every country in the world and he's written uh, several different books that have become new york times bestsellers including uh, one of my favorites called the happiness of pursuit which is like a little play on words of the famous book and movie with Will Smith. It's not the pursuit of happiness, it's the happiness of actually pursuing your dream, your goal, your achievements. Um, and um, Art of Non-Conformity and uh, a few more uh, best-selling books uh, about finding your passion. Um, so he um, has a company called um, TravelHacking.org and um, Matt was actually working for them. So why don't you tell us that story about <laughs> working for them and also being a digital nomad? Uh, because uh, you realized it wasn't for you. So tell us more. Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, for me, the opportunity I moved to Victoria. Victoria is a really difficult place to get uh, a job. Um, so I was uh, hustling, trying to like do. I ended up doing like sixty job um, applications and just didn't get anywhere. Um, so eventually, um, I went to this course, uh, with Chris Gilbo uh, and Stephanie Zito. And then, 
uh, came back and started to engage with their community. It's where it's obviously Facebook groups and, and communities like that to engage with them and try to add value is a really good opportunity. And so um, I was just trying to add value, try to help people with what I'd learned and, and, and help bring them up to speed. And then uh, Chris and Stephanie and uh, the other owner, Tyler, uh, really liked what I was doing. And they said, you know, what, we might have an opportunity to to start working here. So I was working from home, um, just doing like a couple hours a week, slowly building up my uh, portfolio in terms of what I could help them with and and was doing some web content for them and, and customer support for the Travel Hacking Cartel, which is uh, travelhacking.org. Um, it's basically like there's lots of resources on the internet uh, that are available for people to search, like lots of blogs. They're all lots of free uh, resources, but this is kind of for the people who don't have the time to, to read those resources. And they just want to know what's a good deal, what do I need to do anything with, or what's the best card right now. And, and so the Travel Hacking Cartel was kind of a, a catch-all for that, just sends you emails with here's the latest and here's what's up. And then people could send in emails and say, hey, I have this trip in mind and I and I want to know how I can do it or I don't, don't really know, understand this. So um, I was doing customer support there. It taught me so much about all the programs because I'd have to be like, oh, you know what, I need to find that out and, and try and figure that out. But uh, yeah, I did that for about six to nine months. Um, and then I kind of realized, you know, digital for me, digital nomad, like working from home was always like the dream. It was like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever. I'll just eat when I want. I'll go down the beach and have a coffee if I think or whatever. But yeah, for me, like I'm really driven by the crowd. I'm driven by other people. And, and I realized that, you know what, I, I, I find it hard to get motivated on my own um, in my living room. Uh, and also just the fact that my living room is now my work, my office. So for me, it was a bit of a wake up call and that, you know what, my, my, uh, my asset to the, to, to a company or to, to a movement is, is in, in person and to be able to kind of make a, be a part of an office group or a part of a team where I can bounce ideas off in person. And so, yeah, I, I decided that the kind of, uh, working from home nomad life wasn't really for me right now. Uh, maybe in a couple of years, who knows, I'll pick it back up, but, uh, but yeah, so I um, I helped train up another guy, Nico. He's he's awesome uh, at Travel Hacking Cartel, and and they've got a they've just grown and grown. But uh, yeah, now I, I work for the government in marketing, so it's kind of a, a different uh, different branch altogether. A lot of people are like, what you work for Chris Gilbo? You're like working for the ultimate nomad essentially, and and now you're working for the government. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of something that suited me, and I think that uh, something that Chris Gilbo does teach is like if it's not for you, like, don't be afraid to quit, you know, like if something's not for you, like try something different. And, uh, that was for me and I'm, I'm happy where I am. And, and, uh, I, I, the benefit I got out of that was all the knowledge for, for travel hacking and, and the ability to help people and just understand the system in the States and, and Canada and, and a little bit of Europe and the UK too. Yeah. It, it's so funny you share that story because it's usually the exact opposite. It's someone working for the government or working for a company, they leave it and then they become a digital nomad. You did the flip. Uh, you did the 180. You did working as a digital nomad and then flip back into the government. I love it. Um, and I, I'm really glad you shared that story because on Digital Nomad Mastery, we obviously are focused on uh, teaching people how to be digital nomads or if they are already, how to take their digital nomad career and their online business next, 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 next level. Uh, but um, I think it's important to also recognize that digital nomadism might not be for everyone. And um, you know, for us, uh, we decided to leave Vancouver, BC, Canada in December of last year on a one-year trial basis. 
And for us, we really love it. I mean, there are obviously challenges, um, including bad Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, you know, this internet might, uh, this why uh, any of you might cut in and out because I'm in Trinidad of all places and it's the middle of the rainy season in the Caribbean. So the internet isn't the best right now. And that's difficult as a digital nomad. Also, uh, checking in and out of hotels. Packing and packing. Um, what you mentioned, um, uh, being motivated when you're on, on your own, it's very difficult. That's why there's things like co-working spaces. They are definitely digital nomad hubs or hotspots in places like Colombia, Bali, Chiang Mai, uh, Mexico, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's not for everyone, and uh, I think it's important to say that. So thank you for sharing that part of your digital nomad journey. Um, I, we definitely want to focus more on the travel hacking side of things. Um, uh, and, um, you know, our viewers and listeners and um, readers are all over the place. Literally in uh, Canada, U.S. are our big markets and uh, Europe. Uh, but plus we have people uh, listening and viewing in Asia and even in Africa because uh, uh, South Africa is kind of a digital nomad hotspot and so is uh, Morocco. Uh, South America definitely um, and maybe even Antarctica, who knows? People might be listening there too. <laughs> and definitely Europe as well as a big uh, market. So um, how do you cover this topic? Um, you know, I'm asking for myself as the host, but also, uh, you know, this whole area of um, travel hacking is very country specific, very continent specific, because obviously in North America, Canada, US, it's very big, whereas um, half of the world have no idea what it is. So maybe you can give us a big, broad overview of what is travel hacking, firstly. Sure. So um, for me, obviously a hack, a hack in any situation by defined by the original word or whatever is, is essentially a shortcut. It's, it's, a, it's a way to get to the finished destination quicker or it's a way to get something without having got to jump through all the hoops. And so travel hacking is, is essentially exactly that. It's, it's getting uh, being able to travel without having to traditionally spend $2,000 on, on a plane ticket or, or $400 a night on a hotel room or even X amount of dollars on just transport to get from A to B. It's understanding the opportunities available to you and, and, and trying to figure out um, arbitrage essentially, which is kind of like, how do I get something here that's not worth a lot of money in point A, but it's worth a lot of money in point B. And so that's where a lot of the knowledge and the, and the expertise comes and anyone can learn it. It's just, just a bit of reading and a, and a, and a bit of practice. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I think that travel hacking is essentially a means, an opportunity. It's, it's a way to save a lot of money and change the way you think about travel. A lot of people, oh, I can't go. It's too expensive. So what if it wasn't? So let's figure out a way to get where you need to go and then, and then find a way to make it happen. So the things I guess I think are really critical to talk about, um, like, some people are probably sitting here listening and saying, you know what I want, I just want, just give me the three-step program, you know, and essentially it really does vary for everybody. I know that's, that kind of sucks to hear, but it really varies for everybody in every country in every situation. But the most thing that it varies on is, is what you're like and, and the way that you uh, approach risk or the way that you approach uh, kind of like sitting down and reading or, the, or, or how you want to, to, how much you want to put in is what you'll get out. So if you don't have a whole lot of time or you don't really know if you can uh, if you can go to the bank all the time or you don't know if you want to keep track of all the deals, there's definitely still ways to take advantage of these situations, find those arbitrage points. Um, and in general, just understand the system, which is that companies are dishing out loyalty points for people for spending money with them and they're dishing them out at really uneven rates. 
And so you might find that uh, one company is saying, every time you spend a dollar with us, we'll give you one point. And then another company is saying, if you get a credit card with us, we'll give you 25,000 points. And then you say, well, okay, well, how much does a credit card cost? And they say nothing. And you, you just, what? Like, what, what is this? And so you, to get the 25,000 points normally, like it would normally cost you $25,000 to earn those. And so that's a point of arbitrage is to figure out how to get a lot of points quickly. Credit cards is not the only one, but it's it's one of the biggest ones. And, and a lot of people are saying, well, my, my country doesn't have credit card. And so there are still opportunities for you to earn miles or just understand that miles are a fixed, basically a fixed amount to travel from point A to B whereas prices in, in an airfare generally varies based on supply and demand. And so when you can find that perfect point where your fixed amount is much, much, much lower than that crazy supply and demand, for example, around Christmas or around Easter or, or holidays, then you're gonna get crazy value out of, your, out of your miles that you earned, if you did it right, that you earned very quickly. So you earn miles, you understand where to put them and you put them in the right place so that you saved yourself 100, 200, 2,000, 5,000. I know a guy, um, points nerd, who 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 earns, uh, who saves something like the most he spent was, I think it was a thirty thousand dollar ticket, and he he spent four hundred dollars on it. So it's just crazy when you look at the the amounts of value you can get out of just paying attention for for even just an hour a week or or, or half an hour a month if you want to go really really slow. And so I think that a good way to approach it is start with a destination and so just start with where you want to go what you would like to achieve you know what let's just say i want to go to hawaii or if you're in europe let's just say i want to go to south africa or if you're anywhere just pick a destination and then there's a bunch of tools that you can use to try to 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 tell you exactly how much it's going to cost in each program and so you want to start with a destination find out what it's going to cost in those fixed miles and so basically like what is the cost in this imaginary point system that they each have and then earn those miles, figure out all the ways that you can earn those miles and then book the trip. And booking the trip is really important. A lot of people hoard all the miles and they don't end up going on the trip. But um, it's really important to do those four steps. So I guess the first step would be looking to see which where you want to go. So so really have a thing. A lot of people say everywhere. I want to go everywhere. It's like. Yeah, you know what? You, you, I do want to go everywhere too, but let's just pick one. Let's just pick one. And even as an exercise, I, I encourage you, if you've never heard of this before, to pick one and um, and then we'll go from there. So if you're in North America, there's a bunch of different airlines. And what you'll find is the airlines are part of a family or a partnership of airlines. And it's called an alliance. And so the benefit of collecting a certain type of miles is to be able to spend those miles across the alliance. Basically, it just gives you once you enter the family, you have a whole bunch of different opportunities to where to spend the miles. And knowing which one is which can be complicated. But I guess there's a couple of tools that I'll um, I'll pass on to you, Ricky, after as well. A couple of links of of how to do, how to go through this step by step. So one way to find out how many miles it might cost you to go from A to B. Um, there's two really great sites. Um, one is called awardhacker.com. Um, so you can go there, type in two air, air, um, airports, and then it will show you all the different prices um, of what the miles will cost. And so we'll say maybe this will only cost, more than maybe this costs 80,000 Air Canada aeroplane miles, but it might only cost 40,000 
um, United Miles or some other program might offer different ones. So you have to try and figure out, can I collect those? If you can, let's work, let's strategize. If you can't move on to the next one, try to figure out what you can do. So I'd say pick the destination, um, figure out how many miles, figure out um, how to get those miles. So in terms of earning credit cards is a big one. Um, I was always really skeptical of this. And one of the biggest hurdles a lot of people say to me are is um, I, I, the credit score thing, or you know what, I, I'm too worried about the credit score thing. And I really encourage you to look into it. Um, a lot of people think that one credit card is all you can have and, and that the banks are, are standing there with pitchforks ready to get you if you get another one. Um, but in reality, financial diversification and, and having multiple products uh, improves your credit score. Like undoubtedly, it's, it's, it's when you start to have get into the uh, nines and tens where, that you have to start being careful about where you've got those um, finances. But in general, just basically my, my request to you is look up how is credit score calculated um and i have a link on my blog and i know like that there's a, a most bloggers have some sort of information about how it's calculated and it will help you get over that hurdle of understanding okay like getting another card isn't going to hurt my credit score it's not going to prevent me from getting a mortgage uh it's still going to be um, allowing me to get into the game so getting those credit cards is one option it's not the only one um there are also what's called mileage malls so if you've got a big purchase coming up um, it's a good idea to check the mileage mall. So Alaska Airlines has one. Uh, in Europe, Lufthansa has a, a mileage mall, British Airways. Um, in Asia, I think Cathay Pacific and Singapore Airlines have some sort of uh, earning way to earn those miles through the mileage mall. And what it is, is basically like if I was going to go to Apple store and buy an iPhone, um, then I spend $1,000 on an iPhone. But if I go to the mileage mall, and click on the Apple store, they have like a relationship where they're trying to refer you to just a, a way a lot of the same way a lot of affiliate and referral marketing works. They're trying to yeah. refer you to the store so you can earn. Um, they might say, oh, it's a bonus today and you have four points per dollar that you spend. And so if you buy an iPhone that you were already going to buy, then you could earn 4000 miles um, just for just by being smart and going through that channel. And so mileage malls is another good one. There's um, another some really popular things popping up if you travel for business a lot um, or if you're booking for a group or booking for your family or you know somebody's having a hotel stay coming up they have to book then you could say hey do you mind if we try out this new thing and it's called um, it, there's several of them one's called rocket miles uh, and one's called caligo uh, point hound um, and i think even uh, Agoda has some sort of uh, scheme now where you can earn points and, and convert them into those miles. So if you go to Rocket Miles, they often have a promo where the first booking you do is 3,000 bonus miles. Uh, if you're booking a hotel for a reunion or whatever, then you book through there. Sometimes it can cost an extra $20, $30, but it can be worth it because you're earning a couple thousand miles. Um, but yeah, that, that's just something where the business travelers definitely can benefit from that. Um, other people just keep it in the back of your in, in the back of your bag uh, in terms of ways to earn miles. So yeah, the credit cards, mileage malls, um, hotel um, kind of affiliate programs, um, and that would be probably the three major ways that you can earn miles. If some of those don't seem like they're good for you, or you looked up the programs and you know they're not going to work in your country, um, then it's it's something that I really think have a really deep dive have a really good look at the whole spectrum, ask questions, join communities, 
um, feel free to ask ask myself and, and maybe I can look into opportunities for you. And then uh, if it's not going to work, then then look at other opportunities like uh, basically think about, OK, I, I know I have to save a big chunk of money on this next trip. House sitting, um, house swaps, house exchanges. If you don't have a house, look at things like couch surfing and ways to ways that you can take a cut. Um, uh, basically reduce reduce something to gain in the in the in the length of time you can stay there or, or perhaps in the in the cost of the airfare so i don't want to like get people really bummed out like oh my country doesn't work um so shoot me a message and maybe we can see if we can find something for you um but for the most part um there's always a way to slowly accumulate those miles and so even if it happens maybe after a month you get a flight or maybe after a year or maybe after two years you still get to get something out of that. And, and you should really try and start investing your your points and miles in smartly and, and you can definitely get yeah. something back. Awesome. You know, you, you gave a lot of awesome tools and we'll have those links um, both in the YouTube video if you're watching this and also on iTunes and the show notes if you're listening to this. Um, and Matt, um, tell us about those alliances because, I mean, that's obviously one of the big uh, costs uh, when you're traveling. So tell us about the three alliances and what are the major differences and similarities between the three uh, major alliances? Sure. So. I guess um, it's important to touch on this, the, the point where this becomes really important and you'll find a lot of people get get better and better and better and they know all the airlines after a while. But um, the reason why it's important is, for example, where I live in, in Victoria, uh, if I want to fly to Australia, then Vancouver to Brisbane, um, I, I basically I want to know what's the quickest way for me to get there or even just what are all the options for me to get there. And another really good site that I think uh, people should have a look at is called Flight connections.com and it shows you um you you enter a starting airport and then it will just have arrows going everywhere and show you all the different places you can fly to from that airport and then you can um select a, a, an ending airport and it will show you all the different ways to get from the between those airports and so the reason why that's important is <clears throat> once you picked your destination then you can use this tool, Flight Connections, to see, okay, these are the different ways that I could get there. Um, now I know that, for example, from Victoria, I could go Victoria to Vancouver, Vancouver to Brisbane, near where my family lives in Australia, um, on Air Canada. That's a great flight, um, but there's a, a bunch of reasons why it might not work for me to get Air Canada Aeroplan and book that flight. The main one is that there's really high fees. It's just something that happens to be with that program. They charge really high fees when they when you fly Air Canada. So something else that I could look at is what are other ways for me to get there? And I know for a fact that if I have a lot of Air Canada Aeroplan, then it's a part of the Star Alliance, which is one of the alliances. And the Star Alliance has 27 different airlines in it. And if I have Air, Air Canada points, or miles, then I can use them to fly any of those 27 airlines, um, mostly. There's reasons why that it gets really frustrating, but for the most part, you, you're supposed to be able to fly uh, 27 of those airlines. Now, one of those other airlines is United Airlines, and United flies, I can fly United from Victoria to San Francisco, then San Francisco to Sydney. And so that will get me to Australia as well. And I know that United doesn't charge those fees. And so I can end up flying there for about 150, 100, uh, 190 bucks. And so I guess that's kind of frustrating because a lot of people are like, well, I don't know that. But this flight connections tool is really, really useful. 
to see, okay, which airlines fly it? And then you can look up the alliances to see which ones they're a part of, and then perhaps see which other programs I can earn miles in to use to get that flight. So the three alliances are Star Alliance. It's the biggest one. It's got the most uh, airlines. And that's, you're talking Air Canada, um, United, Lufthansa, um, Ethiopian, South African Airways. There's, there's all kinds of, there's so many airlines in, involved in there. Swiss, uh, SAS, like Scandinavian, lots of airlines. So if you heard an airline that's near you and you, your head pricked up or whatever, have a look at the Star Alliance, have a look at opportunities that you could earn uh, in Europe, look at Lufthansa miles, miles and more, and, and try to figure out how you can earn those. In North America, look at United or, or Air Canada. Um, and if you're in Asia, look at Singapore, because Singapore Airlines is part of the Star Alliance as well. So if you earn Singapore Airlines, you could also redeem those on any of those Star Alliance airlines. Um, now, the next one is One World. And so One World is another alliance, and there's, the airlines included in that are um, Qantas, American Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, um, Japan Airlines. Um, there's so, so many. Uh, I think there's not quite as many as the 27, but there's, I want to say 13 or 16, could be wrong. Um, but there's a lot. And so the point is, um, if you earn... In North America, you could earn American Airlines, or you could actually even earn British Airways points and spend them on, uh, on one of those. And it, for example, North America, Cathay Pacific has what's called a fifth freedom flight. Uh, look it up if you want to look it up. It gets into a whole deep, whole deep, deep dive. But uh, Vancouver to, to JFK, so Vancouver to New York, um, is actually operated by Cathay Pacific, which means you could use One World um, points on that because they're um, they're in the same family. Uh, the same alliance now the last alliance uh, is called sky team uh, and that's a, a much smaller one um, they're kind of growing they have a bunch of asian airlines in there the china southerns and easterns and stuff um, but the big one in north america would be delta um, and they have korean air too i want to say um, so there's a bunch of airlines there that uh, can, are still possible but you, it really comes down to where you are, what flights are available to the place you want to go, what flights are available to a, uh, from a place that you are near, and then you got to pick a program and try to go down that route. Uh, there's one other one to note. Um, it's, it's Alaska Airlines has um, a, a partnership of their own where they have a bunch of airlines in the one partnership. And so it's really worth looking into that, whether you're in North America or whether you're in Asia or whether you're in Europe. Um, because there's some real and even africa there's some really lucrative um, and australia there's some lucrative opportunities for you um to be able to uh do access a lot of airlines um and they offer like lots of, they have a mileage mall and they offer hotel points and all kinds of stuff so what i would say is pick the pick choose kind of like an alliance that best suits you when you get more advanced you can start diversifying and spreading out but um Think of those alliances like families where all the people in the in the alliance are, are part of the family and you can usually they're, they're connected they're happy to do business with each other um and alaska is a little bit more of a of a friendship and and, and they i'm stealing this off chris gillibo but uh and stephanie zita but uh it's more like a friendship where essentially alaska has is, is buddies with a bunch of airlines and they they do business together but they also are, are partners with their own alliance too. So they kind of do a bit of crossbreeding, but uh, essentially it just opens up so many opportunities 
And when you look at like the nuances of each program, for example, Alaska Airlines miles, you can get a free stopover on a one way. And so that might sound like gibberish to some people and to other people that might sound really exciting. But the, 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 the important fact to take out of that is each program has their own nuances and, and benefits and arbitrage opportunities. And it really pays to look into it, but you need to start with the destination and then figure out opportunities and, and, and routings that will get you to where you need to go. And then uh, then you can get uh, really excited about how to, how to move forward. Awesome. That's one of the best uh, breakdowns of the alliances I've heard so far. I've interviewed about five different travel hackers and you've done a great job of really summarizing um, you know, all the airlines and the differences between them. And I love the analogy, by the way. Uh, family for the three big ones and then friends for the little one and uh, kudos uh, to Chris for creating the analogy uh, so definitely want to give him credit as well uh, so uh, Matt uh, tell us about um, how you use it and maybe some examples of uh, some of the flights you've done and talk more about the stopover option too because the, uh, I, I know pre-interview you were saying that you specialize in that area of travel hacking uh, you know some of our listeners have like you said no idea what you're talking about but uh, maybe you can elaborate on how that works within travel hacking sure so I guess when you look at a paid ticket when you buy a flight so let's say um, you're going from uh, North America to Europe or you could pick anyone in your in your head but you normally are, um, this is best suited to flexible travelers or people who have uh, time and, and, and kind of a little bit ADD like me and want to see as many, as many places as they can. Um, and so when you buy a ticket from point A to point B, um, often it's just a straight round trip and you might, you might connect in an interesting city, but you never usually get to stay there for longer than 24 hours. It's just the way that flight tickets work. Um, and you might have heard somebody say, though, they, they booked a round-the-world ticket. And that usually means that they're putting a lot of different segments together. They can have multiple stopovers, usually up to, up mm -hmm. to 10, 16. Um, right. But that can be quite an expensive ticket. And, and a lot of people don't want to travel for six months to a year. They, they just don't have that amount of time. And so um, utilizing stopovers, which is, uh, which is basically getting out of the airport um, for more than one day, um, a layover, which is staying, uh, you can get out of the airport, but you have to return to the airport to take your next flight within 24 hours usually. Um, so stopovers, layovers, and then what I would what what is termed um, by everybody in the business, uh, especially with some uh, some particular uh, programs like Air Canada Aeroplan, is a mini round the world, and so it's basically like a mini trip, a triangle trip, B, C, back to A. So you get to see two cities, sometimes three, sometimes four. Sometimes when you incorporate layovers, like long layovers up to 23 hours, you can see up to 10, 12, 13 places on the one ticket. So if you were going to go from uh, A to B, that might cost you round trip $800. And um, if you were going to go A to B to C with dollars, it might cost you $1,200, $1,600. It, might, it really just depends on what you're going to combine. However, if you do things right with stopovers, um, often you'll find that it doesn't cost any extra miles and it costs somewhere between $10 and $100 more in fees. And so you can save hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars um, just by understanding how the different stopovers work and understanding what you're, what's, cap what's capable because a lot of the airlines and, and programs do not explain it very well. They don't really, like, it, it's kind of complicated, but if you can enter that world, you can get some crazy value. And so, for example, I guess two big examples would be that aeroplane mini around the world um, 
throw it into Google, have a look. There's a bunch of really good breakdowns. Um, Air Canada Aeroplan is a Star Alliance member. Um, if you're in the US or in, in, um, in Canada, then you can earn those points fairly quickly with American Express cards. Um, and they offer a mini around the world. So for example, from North America to Europe, it's 60,000 points in economy um, round trip. But you can add a stop in Europe and, uh, and even another stop in North America if you do it right. Um, for, and it doesn't cost you any extra miles. And so um, some crazy examples, there's a guy named Prince of Travel, um, and he has some incredible examples of airplane mini around the world that you should try, um, just because it's just like, how is this even possible? It doesn't cost me any extra. Uh, he flies in business class, so if you want to fly it fancy, then you can do that too. Um, but yeah, look, look up Prince of Travel airplane mini around the world. There's some really cool examples there, but I guess just to, to give you a possibility, the idea of possibilities, it's multiple continents, um, for just the one uh, amount of miles that you're going to use anyway. And you get to see a place, even if it's for two, three days, two weeks, uh, three months, whatever you want, right? So Aeroplan has a really cool meeting around the world pro program that lets you take advantage of stopovers. Some people go to a city for 23 hours on an extended layover. And it's all about um, knowing that what's capable, um, doing the hard work of, of, uh, of seeing which flights are available, and then, uh, then you then you often end up having to call into the to the call center and explain, oh, I want this flight, then this flight, then this flight, then this flight. And uh, the Ricky at Prince of Travel has some really good breakdowns um, of that too. So that's Aeroplan. The, the other good one that I did mention um, was Alaska, and there was a, a, a great um, write up from uh, Drew from Travelers Free. Um, he talks about some really cool opportunities with with maximizing Alaska points using stopovers. Um, and so basically most airlines like Aeroplan, even they make you book a round trip if you want to have a stopover or one of those, um, anything longer than a, than a layover, they want you to have a round trip, but Alaska lets you do, um, it on a one way. So, um, one that everyone talks about is you can fly from Vancouver to, uh, for example, you can also fly L LA or any other, other place, like uh, JFK, any of the other places in North mm -hmm. America that pacific flies for example mm -hmm. you can fly um from north america to hong kong and then hong kong on to johannesburg in south africa um for exactly the same amount of miles and so it, everyone everyone kind of gets confused and says well how how does that work and it, 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 it's just the way the stopovers work the way they've priced it out it's a great opportunity to see both hong kong for as long as you want than johannesburg and that's just a one-way flight and you can get back using another set of points or you can get back um, using more Alaska miles, but the, the opportunity there for airplane mini around the world and uh, Alaska one-way stopovers is, is is crazy. You can do so much. Awesome, awesome. You know, some great tips there. Uh, you know, you're sharing a wealth of uh, uh, knowledge bombs here. Uh, so we've covered a lot to do with uh, airlines. And, uh, you know, there are two major aspects to travel hacking. Uh, one is airlines and one is uh, hotels which are usually the two biggest costs uh, involved with traveling. Uh, how are you going to get there and where are you going to stay? And then obviously sightseeing, food, transport, uh, locally are the other major costs. But uh, uh, why didn't you give us a quick uh, 101? Uh, because you're really good at uh, dissecting it and really dummy it down for the sake of the listeners and viewers. So the travel hacking guide for dummies on the podcast. So um, uh, give us a quick uh, summary of how uh, people can travel hack uh, their way to free or discounted accommodation. 
Sure. So I guess the principle is the same in that uh, you should look at a destination first and figure out how many points it's going to cost or, or, or opportunities in that in that area. Um, there's two really good sites that I'll give you, um, awardmapper.com. Um, you can look up a city and it will show you color-coded different uh, hotel programs. Um, so think of four hotels. Before I go there, I'll, I'll jump back half a step. So think of, um, we talked about the alliances and they had different um, families. Of, and there's just the equivalent with hotels. So there's families of hotels and you collect that family's points. That's where it's a little bit different. So for example, Starwood, um, SPG, um, they have a loyalty program and within SPG, there's Weston and Aloft and a bunch of different hotel, hotel chains, but it's all part of the SPG family and you collect SPG points. So now you can use SPG points to get hotel stays. Um, and then there's another family, which is called IHG intercontinental hotel group. Another family is Marriott, which technically Marriott bought SPG, but they, they're treated as uh, two separate ones right now. Um, and then what's the other big one? Hilton, we'll call it Hilton. So th there's, a, there's a bunch, but that's Hilton's another family where there's Doubletree and, and all these different uh, hotels within them. So you earn the points. Um, not yet. You have to figure out where you want to go. So if you know you're going on a flight, let's say you, for the, for the, I do the flights first. Um, you know that your flights are going to go to Hawaii. Let's say, pick, let's pick a destination, Ricky. What do you want to go? Um, let's say Machu Picchu. Uh, we're going to be heading there in a few months, and I think that's a hot spot that people want to see, one of the bucket list items. And a lot of people uh, want to go there, and uh, they think it's too expensive uh, because flying from, for example, North America to South America isn't that far geographically as opposed to going to Africa, for example. But uh, for some reason, the flights are expensive, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Uh, you, that's where I would try and jump on the points wagon if you can. Um, for people uh, with a family, obviously, you need to collect a lot more points. I mean, it's probably you and your partner and probably need to, um, for the most part, anyone traveling with a family, it needs to be a double effort there of trying to earn as many miles as possible because um, the kids can't get any credit cards. But um, <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I actually interviewed, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt here, but I interviewed a travel hacker who actually uh, has a website called Travel with a Crew, and he has six kids, and he travel hacks with six kids. And uh, uh, if you haven't in, uh, listened to that interview, make sure you check it out too, um, uh, tr um, Travel uh, with a Crew, uh, travelwiththecrew.com. Uh, uh, you know, back to regular schedule programming. Sorry for interrupting. Go on, Matt. No, no, no problem. Um, but yeah, that's, that's incredible. Like to be able to earn that many, um, that many miles is awesome. It takes a lot of work, but you save a lot of money. Um, but yeah, for, for going to South America, let's just say you have the flights already organized. Um, there are some really good opportunities for short flights within South America. If you have British Airways points, it's, it's just something to keep in mind. Avianca is another program in uh, South America that, that's part of the Star Alliance. That's one to look at. Um, so if you have airplane points, you could use them in South America. If you have British Airways miles, LAN or LATAM uh, is, a, is the airline down there in South America that you could use. Um, but let's say you, you're like, well, I want to go to Machu Picchu. So I don't know how many hotel chains there are. And that's a great question to start with is, are there an even any, any hotel, hotel chains down there? Um, so for example, uh, just, just as a sidebar, uh, Australia doesn't have all that many Marriott's. Um, and so if you had all these Marriott points and you wanted to go to Australia and say, oh, I'll just use my Marriott points, you might be disappointed. And so, for example, Machu Picchu, you, you might have to have a look and be like, you know what, 
are there lots of opportunities? That's great. Let's 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 attack it. If not, let's just look at other ways to save money. Like, can we couch surf? Or are we not the kind of people that couch surf? Can we do Airbnb? How do we maximize that? Do we use coupon codes and referral codes to try and get some credits there? Um, just a, another sidebar, Airbnb is offering a, a good referral code. So if you're not joined, make sure you get your partner to join and refer you or, or get Ricky to send you a referral. I'm sure he'd be happy yes. to. I definitely have an affiliate link for Airbnb, for Booking.com, a lot of different affiliate links, Amazon, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, uh, by the way, uh, we also have an episode where we interviewed a Peru guru who told us all about uh, hacking your way to seeing Machu Picchu on the cheap, uh, either through hiking, um, through train, and also uh, by car. So make sure you tune into that episode as well if you're intending to go to Machu Picchu. Right on. Um, so one other sidebar about Airbnb, there's a promotion right now where if you if you join their business travel program, then you get a $66 credit uh, Canadian, so $50 American, I guess. Um, so that's something to look into if you have an Airbnb stay up coming up, look into the business travel credit. Um, but in any case, um, look for the opportunities if you see one. So let's say you see a lot of people really love going to like they look at the Maldives or they look at Bora Bora. Um, in Tahiti and they they aim for those <laughs> uh, incredible opportunities to stay in an yeah. over the water bungalow and so some people say they've dreamed of it their whole life and so they look at the opportunities so there's SPG properties down there that uh, that um, are there's also IHG properties down there that, that you could use points to book for an over the water bungalow and so what I would say is if you look for those opportunities, maybe it's a really nice hotel or maybe it's just a hotel. For me, I, I, I just I'm just I just need somewhere to sleep and I'd like to pay no money for it. Um, so <laughs> uh, let's say you see that there's two or three SPG. When you go there, you see on the awardmapper.com or there's another one called Pointimize. So point I-M-I-Z-E.com. Um, and that has like a really good cross cross um, family like cross hotel chain search and you can search for a city and it will show you here's um, the hotels here's the, how much they cost and here's which ones are actually available the night that you need to go and so that's a really useful tool um, to be able to figure out okay is this even possible how many points will it be if it's 20,000 can I easily make 20,000 um, a good a good thing to remember with points is um, that's a little bit different to airlines is you have um, Cost for a free night was is is usually um, maybe but for let's say SPG can be anywhere as low as three thousand SPG points all the way up to uh, thirty five thousand or even higher points and so the lower the category the better but often um, the lower category ones are still really nice they're just sometimes not in the city center and so if you can if you're happy to kind of give up the city center then you can save some money. But they also have what's called cash and points options. So they might say, you know what, we're not going to charge you the full 15,000, 20,000 points to, to stay here. We're going to charge you maybe $75 plus 5,000 points. And so you might be able to let your points, space your points out a bunch to end up saving you 75 to to $100 each time. And then you'll find that you do. And then the good thing about that is they also, those nights then contribute to status and you, you really start to figure out the game when you can get the cheapest room. And if you have status, then you get upgraded to the nicest room. Mm, smart, smart. 
so that's that status is a whole different game and, and you might be able to get another uh another luxurious seeking guest uh that, that can that can point you there but for me it's just trying to find a place to stay that that's not too far away and that that i can just use as many of my point like use as little of my points as possible so i would just say look at the hotel options available look at how many points it's going to take is it possible for me to do that often the hotel chains have a have a similar style to the mileage malls um there's credit cards that you can get hotel points if there's an spg american express um and i would even just look at the opportunities for in your area where you want to go which hotel chain should i focus on it can be really overwhelming uh, with all the different options but just try and pick one or two that that you know what in a year i know we're going to go to australia what's a good one to use there um and 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 just try to lock try to slowly work your way up to earn them it's really important though to remember mm -hmm. that things like booking.com things like agoda pointomize is really good because it um it breaks down what the physical cost is and then it will tell you like is this worth it is this worth you getting all those points or should you just pay 100 bucks here and 100 bucks there um so make make the most of those uh those smart decisions and try not to get too caught up in the game um, but yeah, point, hotel points can be really beneficial when you look at things like uh, Marriott offers like a, uh, or SPG offers a fifth night free. And so if you're staying for a longer term, then you can use points and it will only cost you the amount of points for four nights and you get the fifth night free. Awesome. You know, looking forward to using some of these strategies over there in Peru when I get there in a couple of months. Uh, tell us about uh, the statuses. You kind of touched on that. Um, um, you know, some people might not even be familiar with the term. Uh, so why don't you give us a breakdown in terms of uh, what are the statuses and how does it work to uh, upgrade yourself to from the lowest to the Sure. So um, the biggest status, again, like we were talking earlier about the airlines, they say, if you spend money with us, we'll give you points. And sometimes it's $1 and we'll give you a point. And it's just this imaginary loyalty thing to try and get you to come back, basically. Hotels do the same. Um, airlines also have status programs, but basically it's saying you've spent this much amount of dollars with us or business with us that we're willing to treat you a bit better. And then we're going to, if you reach the next level, we'll treat you even better. And if you reach the highest level, we'll treat you the best. And uh, the, the treatment that you get can often be little gifts or it can be an upgrade when you get there, or maybe it's extra perks, like you can have a late checkout or uh, you can cancel kind of whenever you want. Um, or maybe it's free breakfast and these little things really start to add up if you if you if you have a family often um, Often they will with, with I know for example with Hilton the platinum level um, You get free breakfast and if you sweet talk the receptionist then they might give you free breakfast for everybody And so you get four free breakfast the buffet the kids love it. I love it um, It's always like a, a, a nice treat now how yes. to get it How to get it is the same idea with this arbitrage essentially like i could do it the hard way or i could do it the easy way now <clears throat> there's there are several um, credit cards that often give you status and the biggest thing to look into is just i need to get into the game because once you're in the game with status with any of them then often you'll find that they're fighting over your business and usually once or twice a year you'll find a really lucrative matching program where they'll say if you're a member of those guys then we'll 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 give you the same with us and they're trying to steal customers from each other so how to get in i would say is utilize these um utilize the um credit cards that get you in if you can't get a credit card and you're worried um 
there are often uh, accelerator programs. They run promos like IHG runs these accelerator, how to get points or how to get extra status nights or elite nights. Um, SPG has this um, SPG Pro, uh, which is essentially like a travel agent booking section uh, where you can just sign up and, uh, and get maybe an extra credit each night. Um, uh, Marriott often has uh, opportunities where you can get extra uh, credits um, for doing various things. So you really want to look into um, opportunities to get these elite status credits um, for as cheaply or, or as minimally as possible to get you to into that game. And once you're in the game, then you start spreading your wings and, and, uh, and leveraging that against the other ones. Because it really can, for me, like uh, there's some great opportunities, even at like just getting a cheap rate uh, you'll find that if you get a cheap rate, um, there's these things called uh, best rate guarantees um, uh, that you can leverage and say, oh, you know what, I found a better rate over here. And then then like say Marriott will match it and then you get to book with Marriott at that low rate anyway. And so, um, yeah, you, you, you really once you're in, you really start to see like, OK, I can get this status. I can pay for the very cheapest room and get the nicest room. Um, or I can, I can just get my foot in the door. I can get things more valuable than I had, I had to pay for them. And that's, that's my biggest game. That's the biggest thrill in this travel hacking thing is to try and get more out than you're, um, than you've kind of put up front or you kind of look at the guy next to you in business class and you say like, I don't even want you to tell me how much you paid or I don't want to tell you how much I paid. Or you see the, the, the fancy dressed rich people in the checking into the hotel and, and they're like, oh, Charles, get my bag or whatever. And and uh, and you're just like there in flip flops and your and your pants <laughs> and you've got the room above him. And it's exactly just, uh, it's hilarious. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's uh, there's a thrill of it for sure. But statuses with both airlines and with um, hotels can be really lucrative. Whenever you see a good opportunity, jump on it and, and try to jump a couple of rungs up. Uh, so funny you mentioned that because uh, I don't do uh, travel hacking that much, but I do travel blogging and I get uh, some amazing stays for free, uh, you know, four or five star hotels, uh, sometimes uh, three or four hundred US. And uh, I'm not a luxury traveler. I mean, uh, we're pretty budget because uh, we have three little kids. we got my wife and myself. So we... Uh, can't actually afford a $400 hotel every night for a whole one-year trip, obviously. Uh, so, uh, so when I get these, uh, it is so funny because we walk in there and my wife's like, oh my God, we, we're staying in this amazing place. And I'm also, oh my God. And we look like so excited, like kids in the candy store, uh, because sometimes we stay in crappy places too, like guest houses and even like, um, you know, family rooms and hostels. And when we get um, some of these sponsor stays, uh, I can definitely relate to what you're saying about the <laughs> uh, feeling and looking out of place, but enjoying it because we didn't pay a dime. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a good feeling. And, and I think that's kind of part of the thrill of why people do this game. You know, I, I think people, um, people really see the value. Once you're in, a lot of people don't do it and then stop. Like, I think once you're in, you just see the crazy amount of value and, and you, I, I don't think I'll ever pay for a $2,000 flight again. You know, just even when you look at like, if you've, if you've ever seen anything about buying points, like anyone who ever buys business class that isn't last minute, like you can often every month or so, there's some sort of promotion to buy miles and use the miles you bought to get a much cheaper business class flight. So it's kind of like crazy, the, the opportunities that are available. And yeah, like you say, it's great. It's great to see that. It's great to share this information and, 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 uh, and know that other people are getting that 
out because you know what sometimes these big chains these big companies like i don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them because everybody's been kind of screwed over by them before you know so it's kind of nice to know what you know what you have this program in place i'm taking advantage of it. it's 100 legal and and I'm, 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 I appreciate the loyalty, but you know what? I'm not, I don't feel guilty. So. There you go. There you go. Uh, so Matt, uh, I know you specialize in Canadian travel hacking and we do have uh, viewers and listeners around the world, as I mentioned. Um, um, so, um, let's, uh, you know, share a little bit about the Canadian travel hacking for the 30 million of us, uh, in this big country in the world. Uh, and then obviously we can touch on us and, uh, Europe, Australia too, because uh, you do, you do have a background and, um, as Australian as well. So uh, if you want to focus on Canada and then we'll go global as well. Sure. Um, so for Canadians, um, obviously Air Canada is our national airline. Uh, they fly to the majority of the cities that are fly, fly toable in uh, Canada. And so you're kind of crazy not to take advantage of that. There's lots of shakeup happening right now with Air, Aeroplan and Air Canada kind of going separate ways. But in any case, aeroplan you kind of can't avoid. The biggest thing you want to know is is that there's fuel surcharges attached to some major airlines, and, and when you're searching, they don't make that clear. So you might say, "Oh, I want to go." I just had an email the other day from a, a lady trying to go to um, from Montreal to to uh, Pakistan to see some family, and and she said, oh, "I keep seeing these flights on Lufthansa, and there's nine hundred dollars. Like I've paid for that. I've paid that for a flight. That's just the fees, you know. I'm paying all my miles." And the flight's still $900, you know? So um, what I, I helped her find some flights that were maybe a, a couple of days later um, that she that still worked for her and uh, and sh and they were with a different airline. They were with Swissair or uh, SAS or, or Polish um, LOT um, or Brussels Airlines. There's a bunch within the Star Alliance and you can just Google this, Google Star Alliance Airlines, no fuel surcharge. And there's a bunch of posts, uh, like a bunch of great Canadian bloggers that are that have broken it down for you. Um, and so, yeah, looking look into the opportunities for which ones to avoid and when you need to avoid them. For example, you can fly Air Canada to connect anywhere in North America, but then as long as the over the water portion is on that those no fuel surcharge airlines, then you won't pay that big surcharge. So for Canadians, I'd say Aeroplan, just know the, know the opportunities know what to stay away from. Um, look into the mini around the world if you're flexible and, and, and you have that opportunity. Um, maximize earning, like we, Canadians say, a lot of people, a lot of Canadians say, oh, it sucks over here, but we actually have it pretty good, you know. Um, we have opportunities with American Express, with TD, mm -hmm. um, the other big, big programs for Canadians um, would be, um, well, I guess to finish on Aeroplan, like, Earn as much as you can, burn it before 2019 because it's, they're going to split ways, and I think I think airplanes going to be a really in a difficult position there. Um, <clears throat> so you want you want to burn those miles. Everyone's going to be spending them in 2019. The the, the, the grandmothers and the, and the and the people who just are unable to to learn this stuff, they're going to be waiting to the last minute. So make sure you get in. Now, in terms of other opportunities, um, Alaska Airlines, if you're on the West Coast, um, Alaska Airlines has some great opportunities. It also has opportunities for, for um, they partner with American Airlines and, and American Airlines flies to Toronto, uh, I think uh, Montreal too. So you still have opportunities with Alaska Airlines and Alaska um, MBNA uh, has an Alaska Airlines credit card. So look into that. It's a great opportunity. 25,000 miles, super quick. 
Um, you can use that with the one way, like it's 30,000 to go to Hong Kong. So uh, you could get to Hong Kong um, with uh, with just an extra 5,000 Alaska miles and that's an easy peasy trip. So uh, looking at Alaska, the last one would be British Airways. Um, that's easy to get. Uh, you can get like the RBC card, the American Express card. They convert their points to British Airways if you want, and it's a distance-based program. And so you might find that you can uh, you can you can find some really sweet spots on like shorter flights that normally you have to pay a couple hundred bucks for. And with the British Airways points, you only have to pay maybe uh, sometimes as low as six dollars in fees. Um, so that's a that's a huge uh, huge benefit. But Canadians is Aeroplan. British Airways, uh, Alaska Airlines, WestJet is is trying to figure their stuff out there, but uh, their program doesn't have a whole lot of sweet pot spots. I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing them grow, but uh, yeah, they've got a different model altogether. There's not a whole lot of uh, big uh, big gaps there. Um, is there another country you wanted to touch on? Uh, maybe you can touch on Australia. I mean, we've had a few guests to talk about the U.S. market, and that's the the big, obviously, travel hawking market and. Uh, if people wanted uh, U.S. info, uh, I can put uh, the links to our U.S.-based uh, travel hackers. Obviously, uh, no matter what country and continent you're in, there is probably uh, travel hacking uh, bloggers. Uh, so if you just look up travel hacking bloggers, Australia, travel hacking bloggers, uh, England, travel, blocking, uh, travel hacking bloggers, Brazil, Japan, etc. Um, uh, we're actually going to be doing um, a Brazilian travel hacker about how to travel hack in South America. So stay tuned for that episode. Uh, but uh, why didn't you touch on Australia? Because I know you have an affinity and a connection there. And uh, we haven't really had anyone yet uh, specifically focused on travel hacking um, Australia. Sure. So um, <clears throat> one, uh, Australia is really useful not only for Australians, but people who want to travel to Australia. And so uh, I have a lot of friends who often ask me um, what's the best way to go from here to here to here in within Australia. And uh, I guess one of the things I would say first is that, that you can often find really cheap paid flights in Australia. There's a really competitive market. So um, Tiger Air is a really cheap airline. It's not, I think it's like on par with somewhat with Easy EasyJet and, and Ryanair and stuff in Europe. Um, and I guess uh, New Leaf in Canada here, but, um, but really, really cheap kind of bare bones. Um, Jetstar is a subsidiary of Qantas, so it's, it's got a good reputation, but essentially, but people love to hate it. Um, uh, they also, Jetstar does a price match, which is really good to look into. Uh, they, they price match, like let's say Tiger Air and Jetstar fly to the same destination, they, they do the same route. Then you can say, hey, Tiger Air is cheaper and, and, and Jetstar will match it. So look into that as an opportunity if you're in Australia. Um, but in terms of travel hacking, uh, there's a great blog. It's super comprehensive. I, I pro probably the, one of the biggest ones that I'd recommend uh, is pointhacks.com.au, um, and it's awesome. It's super comprehensive. Shows all the different credit cards that are available. Breaks down how to do X, Y, Z. Uh, what's good here? What's good uh, there? Which um, which promos are on right now? And all that sort of stuff. And so I would say um, Point Hacks is an excellent resource. But the biggest thing for for Australians is to um, to figure out again where you want to start to go. So if you want to go to America, there's only so many airlines that fly to to the to North America, and so um, Qantas does fly to North America. Um, so maybe you want to collect Qantas points, but Qantas uh, Qantas prices out their awards based on distance, and so you want to try and make sure that uh, 
that you're not flying a crazy zigzag route because the longer distance you'd have to fly, the, the more you have to pay. And so um, other opportunities are Singapore Airlines um, for Australians. Um, we can collect SPG, which you can get from some credit cards there. Uh, Virgin Australia Velocity is another one. Um, and so they're, they're kind of the big major ones, but yeah, check out point hacks. It's, it's a great resource. I, I just would say still follow that same procedure of where you want to go, which points will get you there. Um, how do you get the points and, uh, and how do you book and, and then go for it? But, but yeah, Australia has some great opportunities. Just don't forget about the, the chance to, uh, to just book a paid flight and save yourself the hassle. Awesome. Uh, you know, you, you, you've been uh, definitely so beneficial in terms of the content and the value you're providing here. I definitely want to end off with you. You're talking a little bit more about your website. You have a great website where you covered this in much, 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 much more detail. So why didn't you uh, share a little bit more about your website? Uh, when did you start it and what kind of topics you cover on there? Sure. So uh, my website's called awhistleandalight.com. Uh, it's all spelt, spelt out. Um, on a bit of a play on the, uh, the, the, the speech that the uh, flight attendant usually gives on the plane, just saying there's a life jacket with a whistle and a light for attracting attention. And so the idea was just for me, you know, I, I wasn't working. I wanted to try, I wanted to get a blog going, just getting people motivated about um, travel and, and how to, how to save money and, and how to get motivated to, to go and, and not be afraid. You know, I was kind of frustrated about hearing people, uh, say, oh, like I don't have the money or I don't have the time. And it's really just a decision that they have to make to, to, to get up and go. And so I wanted to write some content that hopefully inspired people. And I also wanted to share the tricks that I knew. You know, I had a friend that was the one that needed to fly home for an important uh, wedding uh, or, or a birth or something. And, and he was about to spend $3,000 on, on a paid flight. And I just said, you know what, let me have a look. Let me let me just have a play with Google Flights. And and uh, tinker around with the, with the paid flights, and I ended up getting him a flight for for a thousand dollars, and so I saved him two thousand dollars, and that that to me was almost uh, criminal that, that 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 they they didn't show him how he could save the thousand dollars. You know, he searched like anyone would search, and so I wanted to create some resources there. So, mm -hmm. a whistleandalight.com. There's some uh, some. It's mostly Canadian focused, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, if you're not uh, if you're not Canadian, feel free to just shoot me a message, and maybe I can uh, help you with anything you need. But, um, but yeah, there's some credit card opportunities there. I'm working on some resources to teach people a bit more about this travel hacking from go to woe. Um, but yeah, always looking for feedback and, uh, and yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I just really, I just want to get people travel hacking and, and saving money, you know, just, just go and explore the things you want to explore and, and uh, save the money for adventures and, and, uh, and the things you want to do. Absolutely. Matt, you also have a very active and engaged Facebook group uh, where people can ask questions and uh, really help support each other. You provide great links to uh, special deals, you know, uh, uh, to fly around the world. Uh, share about that group as well. Yeah, sure. So I guess um, there's lots of groups uh, like flight deals. Uh, there's lots of websites that are essentially blogs that, that are working off affiliate marketing um, and full support to them. They've obviously done a, a, there's a bit of computer wizardry there in finding um, finding the mistake fares and finding problems with with the airlines that have made mistakes in pricing fares. Um, but yeah, what I found is often they wouldn't post anything unless it was it was helping them. And so I kind of felt a little bummed out about that. And I wanted to create a space where well, I could share everything, whether it was from uh, A, B, C, or D, and I could uh, just have a community where people kind of shared their tips or shared their 
um, their findings or their deals. And I wanted to make it a bit more open. So yeah, it's called Canadian flight deals and travel hacking on Facebook or, or facebook.com slash groups slash CA travel hack. Um, and it's, uh, it's just a place to join. I, you just request to join. I just pick add and, and, uh, yeah, you can just ask your questions or, or, or just sit there and lurk like a lot of people and just, uh, click on the links when you see a, a deal to the city you want to go to. Well, hey, you know, a big thank you and a massive, uh, you know, air high five here for all the info you provided. Uh, if people wanted to reach you, uh, what is uh, the best way for them to contact you to ask you more questions? Yeah, sure. If uh, if you go to Facebook, it's uh, a whistle and a light. Um, just a whistle and a light on uh, Facebook, or you can go to a whistle and a light dot com, and there's a contact form there. Just shoot me a message, um, and yeah, I'll I'll get back to everybody and just hopefully see how I can help you. Awesome. So make sure you check out his blog, uh, Whistle and a Light. Uh, you know, like they say on their airlines, uh, whistleandalight.com. And uh, make sure you check out his Facebook group and uh, shoot him a message if you have any questions. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to travel hack your way around the world, how to make an income, and how to save money. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode.